Nothing, just an incident. That's what you get when you don't need the space. I am stupid. I am stupid. Get in there, Lewis. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Fan Behavior and F1 Podcast. I'm Zoe. I'm here with Hannah. Hi, guys. We are also so pleased to be joined by, I think we can now say a friend. I hope so. Um, someone that we have trusted as our truly F1 source for a very long time, ESPN's very own Nate Saunders. Nate, thank you for being on the show with us today. <laughs> Thank you, guys. And thanks for a really great intro. I appreciate that. I hope I'm not the only person you trust with F1 News. because there There's a few. few. There's few. Yeah. But if you trust them, we trust them. We can okay. count. Yeah, I cool. think, you know, we I think we should probably tell the story of how we how we met. Sure. Because we yep. came we well, you, you can tell the story, Hannah. Well, yeah, I mean, part of it is so Zoe and I have loved pop culture for a very long time. And we've always said that there are very few sources that we trust that when they break news that it's probably they have a source like it's more likely true than not true. And that's E! News, TMZ, which is sometimes dicey, but mostly they get it right. And People Magazine. And you are the E! News of Formula One for us. Oh, and we've said that's that. High yeah, we've that's high I was wondering that. where you were going with that. Yeah, I, couldn't, I couldn't quite work it maybe out. Maybe we should be like, he's the New York Times or something that's more, you know. Sure, but <laughs> that's not uh, like that's for true. me. That's I don't true. read the New York Times. I'll take, hey, I'll take E! News. Yeah. E! News. <laughs> I'm because I trust them. They they're dialed in. They've got people, you know, on, on the, the inside. inside. And so when we were in Austin for the race, there was um, an event that Coda invited us to go to. I think there was a live podcast, which we missed because we had another obligation before. But then we saw that you were there. And so we had to tell you that we think you, like you're our e-news for Formula One. And yeah, yeah. I don't know if well, it like really translated for you, <laughs> like if you understood kind of, the I, significance for us, but it's really <laughs> significant for us. <laughs> I think I think I had to process it for a few days. But yeah, I no, think that's it, all right. I think it sunk in. Yeah. yeah, so much so, in fact, <laughs> that when VCarb announced their name, Zoe sent me the tweet that you had tweeted out about the name change. And I texted her back. I said, this is why I love and hate that Nate is so reliable because this is some silly tweet that should be a BuzzFeed joke, but I know it's true. And so oh, I like had yeah. to just sit with that for a minute of like, oh, it's V-Carb now. Okay. I don't know what to do with that, but I know he's telling the truth. Right. Well it's funny you say that, Hannah, because before I tweeted that, I was like, that's probably the most ridiculous thing I've ever tweeted. But but like you said, I was like, it is true. Like, I've yeah. been told that by a few people. And I was like, I was like, I can't believe this is I was like hitting send and thinking this is it's just a sad day. You know, it's downhill. From, it's downhill from here. But um, well, we no, believed you. I um, knew it was true. Well, speaking of Visa Cash App RB, that's that's the breaking news of the week. That's that's the first thing we have to discuss. Um, I guess initially. Well, you revealed in your article in that that there was other people in contention, uh, other sponsors in contention. But how do you ultimately now, maybe a week or so out from the reveal, how do you feel about the name Visa Cash App RB? It's, I don't know if you guys are the same, but it just still doesn't it, it doesn't do anything for me. I, I I've not I've not come to terms with it in any way. I know obviously we've had Red Bull come in and change the name to Red Bull. And Alpha Towery, etc. When 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 that happened, and we can get into kind of kick stake salba mm -hmm. stake kick whatever whatever mm -hmm. order of words that's going to be, but this one felt a little bit I don't know it just it felt because they've 
they've dropped the racing balls thing that was being thrown around. It's almost like you're being forced to call them Visa Cash App because yeah. there's nothing. You can't really call them RB because it's confusing with Red Bull. So I don't know if from that point of view, it just felt a bit, it felt a bit grubby in that sense. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't know, it, it's a team I've always, I've always liked and I've always, I've always wondered what the end goal for Red Bull was with that team. So to kind of call it, give it such a corporate name, I think was losing a lot of its identity in that sense. Um, you could, I suppose, argue that it always just, you know, it was named after a clothing brand before this and Toro Rosso before that, which is literally just Italian for Red Bull, which like to my shame it took me a few years even though i can speak a bit of italian didn't quite click that that's what they'd done with it i just was sure. like oh, Toro Rosso. oh yeah okay <laughs> when i was about 22 i was like i'm gonna pretend i've always known that yeah. um uh so yeah it, it really hasn't sunk in and i think that that's the same for most people i don't know i just can't see if v i think v carb will be what we're calling it you know and it's just such a non at least with you know with alfa romeo they had a you know, it's a car brand or with right. steak, you can still call them Sauber if you want to, because it's kind of team kick steak Sauber. I think that's, I think that's the full, the full name. It's hard to know. Yeah, it depends one, on what country they're in. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, yeah, that's true as well. Um, whereas with this one, yeah, they've just kind of, they've kind of cornered us all into having to say the same thing, which kind of leaves a bit of a sour taste, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I, we had, I think it, it kind of, was rumored for a long time that racing balls was going to be a part of the name. And we had talked about how we did not like that name, but now that we know it's Visa Cash of RB, I wish it was racing balls. Yeah. Cause that at least sounds better. Yeah, We took it for granted. We took it for granted. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, as as you said, they want you to call it Visa Cash App RB. They want you to say the the sponsor names, but I still don't really understand why they took away the racing bowls part of it because every team, well, I shouldn't say every team, but lots of teams have like the nickname part of it. I mean, we, right. we don't say Oracle Red Bull right. Racing. We just say Red Bull. So mm. I don't really understand that part of it. It just yeah. it feels like um it's like a word stuff. Like they just like stuffed a bunch of words together yeah like, i mean it is yeah and i get it like from a sponsorship perspective but i think what also threw me off is when the you know the big panic about the instagram name change happened and it was like they deactivated their account whatever when they had rb in there i was just like oh it's racing bulls because mm. obviously making that whole name on an instagram handle would have been ludicrous and way too long and then to find out that no that's literally the entire name was just like i just wanted a little bit more than that because and i guess v but v carb sounds like an engine part <laughs> yeah right no or a diet like, or something yeah. yeah yeah people have been like it's their weight loss program yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing the, th the funny thing with racing balls is <clears throat> ever since so some of the background to this was when when dietrich matthews passed away the big question was what happens now with rebel generally but also in terms of you know formula one having two teams which was always his his thing his son now owns about 49% of the overall company and they were going to sell the company to begin with, sorry, sell, not sell the company to begin with, sell the team to begin with. Mm. Uh, and he always said, well, dad wanted two teams. So selling's not an option. Let's sell the name. Let's, let's get, let's make it more mm. competitive. And racing balls, as soon as that decision was made, racing balls was kind of something I heard every other week when I talked to people at Red oh. Bulls. Like, oh, it'll be something like racing balls. Then you'd ask about a month later. Oh no, no, racing balls is off the table now. We're not calling it that next month. Mm. So what's the name now? Are we thinking something like Racing Bulls? And I'd be like, okay, pretty sure that was off the table last month. It's like, no, it's back on now. Then the next month, no, Racing Bulls, no, that was a silly idea. We're not doing that. The next month, you can see where this is going. It just yeah, sure. Back into the, it, and it's almost like 
they couldn't think of anything better than racing balls. Yeah. Um, and there were some other companies involved, as as um, as you mentioned, Zoe. That yeah. um, I think I think some of them liked it, some of them didn't. I mean, I don't know. I think J.P. Morgan was one that was. I, I think they they hated the name, and then Visa Cash App. At one point, I was told it was going to be Visa Cash App Racing Balls about two weeks before, and then the Racing Balls bit was dropped. So all very mm. confusing. And I I mean, yeah, I'm I'm the same as you um, in in terms of saying I hated it until I heard the alternative. Yeah, and then I was like, no, racing balls would have been great, even though it's confusing with Red Bulls. Yeah, uh, with Red Bull, yeah, at least we could have had something to to call it. So it was all it was strange following that because I I did sometimes feel like there's a room full of people trying to come up with the name, and the best they've come up with is racing balls. It just didn't yeah. really make sense for such a big company. Yeah, well, and Red Bull, which is like the marketing company of all marketing companies. You know what I mean? Like they're so good at so yeah. much that I was like certainly i was just surprised at the lack of creativity i guess and i also i'm sure behind closed doors with those level of sponsorships like there's a lot more people that have to agree on things and so i'm sure it's obviously not as easy as we all make it sound but um yeah it'll be interesting and just like how you bring in like it's just a mouthful to say like i'm just picturing social content with yuki and daniel trying to say their full <laughs> name and yeah. it's just not going to go well so at least i guess they have you know the v carb for short i'm sure that will help right i think on. they've got two good drivers for that at least i think from a so social true. point of view they can i think one thing I, I i've heard a couple of people say is that they can kind of ride the wave of the negativity by using the name with those two guys, so yeah. that at least will have some fun. If it, you know, there's two other drivers who maybe wouldn't have who just been like, oh, I don't, I don't know what the name is. Mm -hmm. But Ricardo, I imagine for half the season, half of the jokes he makes is just going to be about how stupid the team's called, uh, what, <laughs> yeah. what, you know, the team's name. So yeah, true. I was going to say, I, you know, we, oh, I, we, we're both obviously very big fans of daniel fans of yuki and i i made the joke when it was announced like well now i'm just gonna have to buy a bunch of v carb merchandise yeah. because yeah. i made the decision years ago to be a big fan of these two and so it's like they suckered me into this right um well i saw and, that you guys on you guys have created some merch already right from your, <laughs> from your actually social quality. Hold yeah. on, i mean I have the it right news here. is that blue is both of our colors so at least you know they're still leaning into the blue piece but yeah zoe for oh, anyone nice. who's um listening only zoe is showing our v card merch which can is featured um on our instagram not available for sale right now but <laughs> which is a shame i think for the next season you guys have got to get <laughs> yeah. onto that yeah yeah it's it's kind of giving um like uh you know when people like rip a piece of paper and put it on like a shirt it looks like you know jagged edges like yeah I feel like they could make merchandise like yeah based off of our I mean, creation get on the phone with someone and just yeah. tell them our ideas yeah but i was gonna <laughs> say you know i don't really care what the team is called if they're fast if they're good if they've made yeah. if they make good improvements and so do you do you envision that like this injection of i'm assuming a good deal of cash and whatnot is going to really help them climb up the, the leaderboard so to speak yeah, I really do. Uh, I don't think it will be immediate because I think okay. that you know, obviously, they're taking over the team that was a team that was pretty uncompetitive last year. Mm -hmm. But they're moving bits of the um, bits of the team operation over to Milton Keynes to be a bit closer to Red Bull. Most of the operation will stay in Fianza, but they're bringing in so much kind of focus to that team. And it's always been a bit weird with Toro Rosso slash AlphaTauri because Red Bull always kind of almost kept them at arm's length a little bit. You felt it was like our drivers can go there, our young guys just go and you know try and be quick there and then we'll call on you when we need you now with this deal and the fact that visa cash up the deal was with red bull globally you know they're going to be on the on the red bull car as well 
there's a huge impetus now to make that team really competitive. Obviously, Zach Brown has had mm. a few things to say about that, suggesting, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure if you saw, it was even end of last year, he was saying, basically implying, is it a way to get around the, the cost cap, which is super, you know, super complicated. And I don't know if there's any, if there's any, um, you know, credence to what he's saying, but yeah, they should be more competitive and we can get more into it when we talk about drivers and stuff. But one of the main reasons I never felt like Ricardo would go to Red Bull last year or to replace Perez was for this exact reason. I think that the, the goal is to make this team, they're never going to be as competitive as Red Bull, but I think it's to to get them into that group of cars, at least that Aston kind of fought themselves into last year mm-hmm. and to be up there for podiums, you know, comfortably in Q3 all the time. Yeah. So if you've got a guy like Ricardo, A, you can say to Visa Cash App, well, you've got basically the most marketable guy on the grid, one of the most popular drivers on the grid. And he seems like he's in a place. He's, you know, he's back to his old self. So yeah, I think by the end of the year, I'd be surprised. I mean, it'd be a real surprise and a real disappointment, I think, for everyone if they were still the team that they finished last year as. Because I think the mm-hmm. expectation is you'll see that curve quite quickly, um, quite quickly going up. But that's but that's the big question is how big is that? Is, right. is the step, are they just going to fifth? Are they going to be with Alpine? Or are they actually going to step up to that kind of McLaren, Mercedes kind of, which would be huge. And obviously yeah. Aston did that, then dropped off. True. But, you know, Red Bull, they've not really said what they think it is. They just say, we think big, big improvements are coming. So yeah. I think that'll be the big talking point this season either way, because they'll either achieve that and everyone will be like, that's amazing, or they won't. And then Visa Cash App, who are spending a lot of money on that name, yeah. are suddenly thinking, why Why did we do that? Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, we can, if the if their car's fast, we can probably kind of start getting on board with a name like that. But totally. if they're not good, yeah. then you're the laughing stock. Like it's sort of a That's risk it. It reward. would make it worse almost, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because like you've changed this team name and you're finishing ninth every, uh, so you're, right. you're ninth in the, in the championship or whatever. Right. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to that as well. Um, okay, next sort of big piece of news that happened fairly recently was Charles Leclerc re-signing mm-hmm. with Ferrari. Um, a lot of speculation about how long the contract is. Do you have any idea of how long it is? What should we expect? How much longer is Charles tied with Ferrari? <laughs> so it's a really good question because we spent a lot of last week trying to work this out. Um, I think it's a two plus one, which is quite common in okay. F1. So that would be 25, 26, and then options on both sides for 27, which would be the smartest tip for Charles to make because obviously if Ferrari aren't very good in 26, he can kind of just abandon ship and get out. Um, Mm -hmm. If they are good, he can obviously extend without losing that opportunity to stay there. Um, There was some reporting in in the Italian media that five years, but I've not heard that that's the case. But Charles has signed long deals before. So Mm -hmm. I was like, of of all the drivers on the grid, probably him, Max, Lando have signed a lot longer deals than other drivers. Um, But my understanding is it's two plus one at least. But the funny thing with F1 contracts is a lot of other things kind of baked into them so it could be two plus one and then he has the first option to negotiate for you know for years four and five even though they're not in the deal type thing so i can see charles staying there you know for the rest of the decade at least forever yeah like yeah yeah basically i thought they're dragging him out of the car like you need to just you need to leave now yeah yeah for for better or for worse he is gonna he's he's ferrari yeah we we said this it's like he he's just gonna like I, I truly just can't see him anywhere else. I mean, yeah. I know he's driven other places, but, but yeah, we've talked about this. The only place I could see him going is Mercedes. And I just don't, even that feels a little far fetched. Not that he wouldn't want to, or they wouldn't want him. It's just, he's supposed to wear red. Yeah. 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 So it, and I think it, there's, it, no, sorry, go ahead. Go on, no, no, no. 
Go ahead. I was going to say that it's just such a pull as well for being the driver that wins with Ferrari after so long. And right. He's been there so long. And he, you're right, you know, he is, everyone thinks he's Ferrari, but for him as well, they've been with him so long. So I think any winning anywhere else would almost feel a little bit, not cheaper because it would still be a world championship, right? Sure. Pull of that story, whoever is the first guy to win for Ferrari, like down the, you know, in future, they'll they'll basically be legendary status straight away back in Italy. So I think there's a lot of that to it as well. Um, Charles always talked about how much that would mean to him. Yeah. And I feel like he probably thinks in the back of his head, like, at some point, it's going to click. At some yeah. point, it's going to—it's yeah. all going to come together, and we're just—it's just, just got to wait it out, wait it out, wait it out. <laughs> just keep waiting. <laughs> but knowing Charles' luck, I feel like he's going to be waiting his entire life. I don't think his entire life, but a good <laughs> chunk of it. <laughs> I always—I always feel with Charles because obviously, you know, he's as talented as he is. He looks the yeah. way he does. I'm yeah. always like, it would make sense that he was kind of almost cursed to to be yep. the unluckiest yeah. driver in F1 forever. You know, yep. so I feel like there's some of that at play, but I hope not because. What got me into Formula One was Ferrari, you know, yeah. back as a kid. So them not winning has always felt has always felt strange. And Charles does look like he looks like he deserves to kind of be on that list of winners at this mm-hmm. point. He feels like if you put him there next week, it wouldn't look out of place. Where some drivers might still look out of place. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've always said Charles Leclerc and Daniel. It's like they have everything going for them in every other aspect of their life. So it makes sense that they. <laughs> struggle with their yeah. decision making uh <laughs> engines fernando, fernando as well actually yeah, similar fernando, so yeah maybe there's very true. maybe kind of <laughs> maybe there's something to this there's like a, a, a scale and the more you yeah. slide it one way the the, the luck yep. goes the yep. other way i don't know yep yep um the next piece of it is people are wondering what's gonna happen with carlos signs mm. and some you know discussion about there's like been a stall in the negotiation on both sides with Carlos and Ferrari. What do you think is going to happen with Carlos? My guess is that he'll, he'll end up at Audi in 2026 okay. um, for a few reasons. One, because I don't think he's ever going to be the guy at Ferrari, even though he's had some good performances, but you know, Charles just feels like kind of the chosen one of that team. Mm-hmm. And Carlos is almost like, Oh yeah, he's there as well. Yeah. You know, um, but uh, you know, Audi, they'll have a lot of money to to throw out that operation. Um, Andreas Seidel is there, and they work together at McLaren. Um, and I think that, yeah, I think eventually he'll end up there. But obviously, that would be twenty six. So the question would be, does he go to Alpha next year, almost write that season off, and say, "What? Well, sorry, not to Alpha to to stake, almost write that season off, embed yourself with the team, and then be good for twenty twenty six? Or do you sign a one year contract with?" Ferrari, which Sainz has always hated doing, he's hated having one-year deals because it means that halfway through that next season, all the media, people like me, are basically shoving microphones in his face, saying, "When are you signing? You know what you're doing next year." And he doesn't yeah. really like that constant cycle. So it's an interesting one, and because Audi is what makes a lot of sense, but at the same time, I think if Ferrari put the, the same kind of deal as they've given Charles, I feel like he'd turn around and say, "Well, actually, I know what I'm getting here. I know I know this team now quite well." Um, so yeah, I it's hard to see him at any other place than those two teams for me. But I don't know if you guys if you guys think that maybe there's a there's a fit a fit elsewhere for him that might be better. Well, we sort of like not really seriously talked about it because well, obviously we don't have any like sway on where he ends up. But um, I, I floated out the idea of is there a chance he could get the and we can talk about this later perhaps, but the other Red Bull seat. Mm. That's so. That's an interesting one because with Red Bull, Red Bull Juniors, I feel like with him, I think Red Bull might have him back at this point, but I don't think yeah. he'd go back actually. 
really what does he why? Know about Carlos internally. I think he felt first of all he felt quite like jilted by them. Yeah, know? yeah. They put a lot into him, and obviously they went kind of more in the direction of Max. You know, they never they never backed him in the mm-hmm. way that he felt he should have been, and he's really had to kind of claw his way. You know, he had the time at Renault, then he had McLaren, and now he's had Ferrari. And I feel like if he went back to Red Bull, I think that I think there's a lot of pride there from from him, and I think okay. he'd a he'd look at it and say, you know, you guys don't deserve me now on this good, but also I think a lot of drivers look at it and think realistically, if Max is there. Are you ever really going to be able to be the best you can be? Mm-hmm. And I think for Carlos, I think he, I think he's already guys like him and Ricardo can probably say it's a, it'd be a great option, but I kind of know where I stand right. with Verstappen, Horner, Helmet, etc. So I would say no, but I mean it's it's still an option that's in play, especially if if their car is still as good as it is now. It's always an option because ultimately, if a car's really great, I think a driver can kind of swallow their pride a little bit and say, you know what, I've I've forgiven you guys now. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. So that I don't think that's I don't think that's the you're completely out of the question at all. What Lando? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, what are you looking at? Um, so the other driver announcement that happened is Lando resigned at McLaren. Were you surprised mm-hmm. that he's resigned so early, or why do you think he resigned so early? I was kind of threw me off guard that it happened. Very as surprised. Soon as it did. Yeah, very surprised. And but it's 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 doubly surprising because he signed early last time as well. He signed mm-hmm. in twenty one and he signed a long deal, which kind of took him out of the drive market discussions for the next couple of years. Um, and I think he probably could have waited around to get this deal done because I don't think McLaren are in a rush to replace him. So it's not like if he'd waited a bit, they'll say, "Well, we'll get." There's not really any other real options. Zach Brown has invested a load in Lando as a kid. So I don't know. It, it was weird the timing of it, and I think it shows how much he was impressed by what McLaren did last year. But I think actually, this is Zach Brown. I think the deal is probably a lot better than it might have been had Red Bull not been pursuing Lando. And part of me thinks I think there was some interest from Red Bull, but part of me thinks that Horner loves to kind of, you know, get stuck into other teams. And I think a lot of what he was saying publicly about Lando was kind of just to be divisive. He said things about Lewis. You know, he's like, I'm surprised mm-hmm. Lewis. he. So Christian Horner came up to me on the grid last year and was like, what's, what's the latest with Lewis and Ferrari? And I was like, I don't, don't think there is anything Christian, you know? And he was like, well, interesting. And just walked off. And it was like, okay, I feel like that's, I feel like that's not, I feel like that's you being, you being very cheeky, but I feel, I think the Lando, as much as Red Bull would love to get Lando and they've tried to get him before, I think Zach saw that interest and thought, let's just draw a line under it, get yeah. this deal done. Um, and Lando, to his credit, he does absolutely love that team, McLaren. You know, he he's really invested in you know, what the goal is. And he did admit when when we spoke to him last, uh, sorry, earlier this week um, when it was announced, at the start of last season, when things weren't looking great, he did start to think, is this the team mm-hmm. for me? And then obviously they had that huge turnaround and it was the first time he'd seen real indication of this team can get its act together. They've got this new wind tunnel now that should help them in in future. So I think for him as well, it, the same thing I said with science. He probably realised he'd get a year of the same question, speculation, etc. And a lot of these drivers like to just have that out of the way, just yeah, where I am for the next few years. Um, but I still was surprised because I think he's probably closed off some interesting avenues that even if they weren't things he wanted to do as mm-hmm. leverage, probably yeah, probably could have helped him down the line. So. Yeah, surprising, but um, but yeah, great deal for him um and for McLaren to 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 sew up because 
I don't know. I, I felt I felt like Lando was the guy coming into the year. I was like, Lando's the guy that's going to change the whole driver market, whether he leaves or not. It's all going to mm. hinge on him. Mm-hmm. And then, then this new deal comes out, and it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's kind of that, you know, that's all all been put to bed straight away. Do you think that this means McLaren? Like, do you envision them really staying at the top level for many years going forward, consistently with the pairing of Lando and and with Oscar together? I think that's the most exciting driver lineup uh, on the grid right now, just in terms of just how talented they are. Um, and just both both so young as well. I mean, Piastri, mm. what he did last year was fantastic. And Lando, I feel like he's quite hard on himself a lot of the time, some of the mistakes he makes. But I think he's you know, he's he's right there with Charles in terms of talent. You know, I think he looks at what Max is doing and he thinks there's no reason I can't do that Yeah, if I had the same car. You know, and I think a few of the, the younger guys think that. Um the really interesting thing for me, I think the next two seasons, Red Bull, uh, sorry, uh, McLaren could be really close to Red Bull because they've got this new wind tunnel, like I said. They've got the two drivers locked down. They're on an upward trajectory. The thing in 26, when all these engine rules change, they'll be one of the only big teams that won't have their own project. They'll have Mercedes. You know, Aston Martin will have Honda. Audi, obviously, coming in with their own project. Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull, they their own engines. And then McLaren are kind of the odd one out with a Mercedes engine. So I don't know how that dynamic will work, because mm. often mm-hmm. you see when engines become the focus, you kind of have to be building your own engine. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's it's hard to predict. But I think where, what Zach Brown has done over the past year and a half has been really good. So he took a lot of flack for a long time in terms of mm-hmm. where that team was going. Mm-hmm. Um, and last year you really saw that that was turning around. So I think Lando's probably seen that as well and thought it's not a bad place to tie yourself down to. Obviously, Red Bull would be great, but I think McLaren's right right behind that in terms of prospects going forward. Yeah, I mean, you became a team. Like, I have always been a driver first fan and I am like, I'm a McLaren girl. Like, I love the two of them. I think they're so good. Um, I don't know. I've just been, I was so excited to see the like how much the team changed over the year and i think for oscar too like when he first came on board i was no one knows anything about him we came in through drive to survive so i am like so like so much involved in the stories of who these drivers are and so then as oscar got better we saw him more and he's i just think that two of them together are funny and yeah they've got Mm. obviously youth on their side and i don't know it's this they're a fun dynamic to watch and i also think it's funny that they don't seem to know much about each other outside of racing because what was the yeah. video that they didn't know that yeah they didn't know that each other had siblings, siblings. <laughs> i was like do you really? have you ever met yeah yeah, yeah. No, i don't know if it was a joke because that i didn't get but i think they were like wait you have a, you have sisters he's like i have three of them <laughs> yeah like, that yeah no i've not seen that i've not seen that video but that that is an interesting part of it the dynamic between the two of them because mm-hmm. yeah Lando's always had an older teammate than him yeah and now he's mm-hmm. the older one so i've always wondered how that will play out yeah um Oscar scene when you talk to him, you almost have to remind yourself. I off the top of my head, I think he's twenty two. Maybe he's. I think. 21. I think yeah, twenty two. Yeah, I think you're right. But you talk look. to him, and you'd think, okay, he's in his kind of mid to late twenties, just the yeah. way he talks, the way he carries himself, and that's, you know, and then he drives like that as well. So right. Yeah. Really, you can see why Zach Brown went to court to get him. Like. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Obviously, obviously, shows what he thought of him. Uh, you know, from a long time ago. Yeah, he's. We always admire his, um, just his like demeanor on track and just how incredibly calm he yeah. is and doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Yeah, just it's so impressive for a guy his age because I feel like most young drivers are just like. I mean, we see it with Charlotte Claire, we see it with yeah. Lando. Just like, I mean, even I get top. red rage, you know, right. and I'm not right. doing any, you know, anything serious. And so. he's just <laughs> impressive, steady, steady, yeah. Eddie.
very impressive. Um, okay. The other, I mean, there's just been like so much, so new, much. genuinely, but Madrid was announced as a um, new race in 2026. And I feel like there's a lot of discussion now. People are starting to kind of get concerned that there are too many street tracks and that, of course, they're taking away the permanent racetracks and replacing them with the street tracks. How do you feel about this new change? Yeah, it concerns me as well. And I think the trend is there, isn't it? If you look at, there was a stack going around, which I'm probably going to butcher completely because I always remember these things kind of half correct. But I think it's of the last five races, I think four have been street circuits. Qatar obviously was a purpose-built circuit, but then again, it's Uh not even, you know, the most exciting purpose-built circuit. So the trend really is going towards, towards that. And I mean, I think if you look back, I mean, uh, Cota is one of the one of the more recent proper circuits that has joined the circuit, joined the calendar, like built specifically for Formula One. And look how popular it is. Yeah, you know, it's, it's one of the it's one of the ones everyone loves. Um, and I think what what is concerning is that the the finances of the deal. If uh, I'm sure you guys saw the map of where that is in Madrid, it's kind of yeah. a nondescript part town. Kind of looks like it goes around. Kind of, I don't know if you guys what you guys call it in America. We would say an industrial estate. Kind of a lot of big warehouses mm, just oh, all kind okay. of strewn together. Yeah, yeah, same, um, same sort of thing. Yeah, and it kind of goes around that part of town, which is part of a redevelopment of that part of the city. And that's why I think city circuits are be- becoming more of a thing because you can go to a city and say, "Hey, how about we link a redevelopment project with this street circuit?" And then mm-hmm. you can, you know, if if you're standing for re-election, you can point to, hey, look what we've done here. It's a bit like the Olympics, you know, when you host the Olympics, yeah. when when that was in London, it regenerated that part of East London it was in. So it was massively popular here. It turned out to be a great event as well. Harder to do that with just a, a circuit because otherwise people look at it and say, okay, well, other than that week, it's hosting Formula One. Well, what are we benefiting from this, really? Whereas if you're looking at it from Madrid's point of view, they can say, well, look, the whole the whole part of town has changed now. So I think that trend will continue because, I mean, that got a 10-year deal. I think Belgium, the last two years, has just had a year extension every time. Silverson gets kind of small extensions. So you, you notice as well in the contracts, all the proper, you know, quote-unquote proper facilities get one, two, three years. I think Bahrain got 15 years <laughs> two years ago, just kind of, and I know that's not a street circuit, but as a newer venue right. coming in, I think for a lot of the more traditional F1 circuits, it's really difficult to compete financially just because of the realities of it so it is worrying because like you said street circuit comes in i don't think barcelona is anyone's favorite circuit by any stretch but it's still a historic venue it's had so many great races i think i counted 12 world champions have won a race there that's really hard to replicate that kind of history so it is a shame but sadly i think it's the way the sport's going um because i mean we talked about south africa coming on recently they had a issue with money you know it was hard for them to get the money and it was an old circuit called kailami and now the talk yeah, there's a talk of a uh, street race in osaka in japan mm. um i mean imagine if they took suzuka off for, for that i mean it's sad. right right you, you think and and sometimes street circuits can be great but if it comes at the expense of great circuits i yep. think that's when the issue comes so yeah it is worrying and um i don't know i think the circuit itself didn't look that great either i don't know if you saw the like the, the onboard layout. of it yeah but, I feel like you can never fully appreciate a street circuit from a video game because yeah. Vegas looks terrible. And then right. when, the, when the Vegas race happened, I was like, this is the greatest circuit that's ever been existing. Yeah, you right. know, obviously it's not that good, but at the time it was like, this is, this race is fantastic. So yeah, yeah I think it, it may be better than it looks, but yeah, it's, it's hard not to feel a little bit worried about where it's all going. 
Well, then it's interesting. Like, I just think about the negative impact in a lot of ways, or at least like this, you know, anecdotally, the conversations about the people who actually lived in Vegas when that was all going on and like how these other mm-hmm. cities are going to be actually impacted, like the residents of said city, mm-hmm. not just like the fa- the fact that we're losing potentially like, you know, iconic circuits, but also how is the sport negatively impacting the cities that they're in. I don't know. I just feel like, you know, Vegas, I'm sure they'll streamline things for sure, but there's nine more years of that race happening. And so those residents are going to be impacted for at least another nine years and probably more than that after, you know, after the nine. So it'll just be interesting to see. I don't know how that turns out. Yeah, you're right. And with, with Vegas, what I'm really fascinated to see every time I got an Uber or every time I went to get lunch or had a drink at a bar or something like that. Every single local you spoke to about Formula One would would just go on a rant about how much they hated it. Mm-hmm. Every single one. There was there wasn't a few you found like oh, it's not as bad as everyone says. It was to a person. It was we hate yeah. it. But going back next year, having seen it once, if they're still that against it, I think that's a, you know it's a really fair point of yeah. they don't care how good the race is. It's still Im- impacting them. You know for and for Vegas, I think that impacted them for months on end yeah. because of the, because of all of the construction traffic was awful you know and and you you could kind of walk you could kind of walk around where you needed to be from our side but for some of them they said they were leaving an hour earlier to just to get to work and stuff Mm -hmm. and they weren't being compensated for that you know for that extra hour so yeah yeah and i think that the madrid race it may it may help that it's just kind of out of out of town a bit um but yeah but even then there's the, the locals around um hard rock hate it you know the the people that live in that. I think it's called Miami Gardens, the area mm-hmm. just south of the of the stadium. So this is one thing Formula One needs to be careful of is kind of like charging into a new city and just kind yeah. of pissing everyone off in the area and then yep. just leaving and saying, "Well, it was a great race, so see, see you next, next year." year. Yeah, right. And 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 also like so many of these decisions obviously are decided based off of money and financial reasons. But mm. you know the reason that the sport is popular is because. Like the racing is great and it's exciting and it's getting more and more close. And if the street races, I mean, you know, we've had Miami for a couple of years, haven't been the best races. And um, it's like you're going to alienate your fans if you're removing the tracks where there are great races Mm -hmm. and you're replacing them with tracks that are subpar. Yeah. You know, so that's also the risk as well, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think the... um... The viewing figures in the US were down eight percent this last year on ESPN. So, you know, and part of that's because Max is winning. But you're right; the the product ultimately is what people want to see. You know, we we spent months uh, months and you know the week leading up to it in the media talking about how great Vegas is, etc. I messaged friends at home and they said, "Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to to watching that race Sunday." They hadn't paid any attention to the, you know, to some of the stuff around it because right. ultimately it was like all I care about is what happens on race day, and I'm, we're quite guilty of it in the F media. You can become so obsessed with the story of Vegas or the story of Madrid, and you realize that that's great when you're there. But if you're, if you're not there, ultimately yeah. you turn the TV on on Saturday to watch qualifying or Sunday to watch the race, and then that's it. You then talk about that Monday with your friends. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 100% right. And I think, yeah, street circuits, I, I feel like people just hate street circuits as well. They hear street circuit and people kind of, it's like they, they they're holding up like holding vomit in. They're like, I don't hate, I hate it. Like it's this reaction of just complete negativity, which isn't always fair, but I, I think it I comes think from that, doesn't it? For for me, it's like you have to prove yourself to me. Uh yeah. like prove that you're good yeah. and then I'll be interested. Like I feel like Singapore has done a decent job of of 
proving itself as an interesting, relatively exciting race. You know, Vegas, I felt like was good. Like there, there's a handful that I'm like, okay, you've produced a, a handful of good races. Like you can stay, <laughs> but if, <laughs> yeah. but if, but yeah. if you repeatedly are just not delivering the goods, yeah. you gotta, you gotta hit the road. Yeah. yeah. Gotta get out. yeah. And that's, what's hard too. I mean, I totally understand too, when you like why the like contracts are so much longer for street tracks, cause it's obviously a mu like much heavier commitment. And if you need to build permanent facilities, doing that for one year obviously doesn't make sense, but it also is a bummer in the sense that if the racing isn't actually good, you wish you could almost back out of it sooner than, you know, nine years down the road. But yeah. Yeah. So it's a long, it's a long haul if you suddenly don't like a race, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, oh my God, <laughs> we, we got to get rid of this thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, really quick, before we get into some of the storylines for 2024, the last big piece of news is that we've lost Gunter Steiner in the F1 yes. community. Yeah. And I'm just curious. Not dead. I know he's not dead. He's still alive, thank God. But <laughs> feels like he, he feels like yeah, he died. I felt like it was a big loss to the uh, Drive to Survive fans out there. Just um, you know, he was there when we first started our journey in F one, um, and I've heard mixed reviews. Like I think, obviously, this is the first thing Haas maybe hasn't tried in a while is changing like the top leadership and kind of mixing things up. Um, but obviously, he's a great personality but that's not the most important piece. So I'm just curious kind of what your thoughts are, if it will be better for Haas um, or if you think they're kind of just ruined forever because <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried that they might just be ruined forever. And then what do you think Gunter's going to do next? Ruined forever is a really, a really good I way know. of putting it. In, in, yeah. in like quote, pull quotes, but like Haas, ruined <laughs> yeah. forever. Just, uh, you know, just, just a summary. Feel free to take it if it ever. <laughs> yeah, no, I may, I may well. I may well say that. I'll, I'll credit you. I'll credit Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. I, f I feel like that's not it's it's a fair uh, feeling to to think that could happen yeah. because Steiner I I I said um when it when it happened I wrote like a reaction to it and one of the things I put in there was that even though Gene Haas's name has been on the cars the whole time Steiner has been the face he's been the brain behind it he was actually the guy that Gene Haas basically went to and said help me get this team on the grid so to lose that is almost as big as losing Gene Haas from mm -hmm. it's actually probably bigger than that mm -hmm. um and every decision, I mean, sometimes you'd forget, you know, talking to Steiner, that he almost answers to someone, you know, you almost yeah. forgot that there's a guy above this guy because he was so in control of everything. Um, the thing that will really, I think, tell is when they brought MoneyGram in last year, or was it maybe the start of, sorry, the end of 22 when they when they got yeah. that on the car, yeah. there was a press conference with, um, with Gunther, with Gene, and with the head of MoneyGram, whose name um, I can't quite remember at the moment, but he was asked... Are you buying into a Formula One team? Are you buying into Haas? Or are you buying into Team Steiner, into Brand Steiner? And he said, he was like, honestly, it's it's a bit of everything. You know, we mm. we probably wouldn't have been as interested as we were if Steiner hadn't been here because he is such mm -hmm. a personality. He is someone that instantly people see and they're like, oh, that's the guy from Drive to Survive. Like, I know him. He's the guy that swears all the time, has that <laughs> kind of funny accent that I can't place. Yeah. Um, and so for him to have gone, I think is a really big deal. And like, they're not exactly flush for sponsors. It's not like they've got right. a ton of things on the car. So I think that's going to be interesting. Kamatsu's who's come in, he's a rookie team boss. And personality-wise, I don't know him that well. I've spoken to him a couple of times. I don't think he's going to be... I think it's impossible to replace a guy like Steiner. Sure. Um, especially if you're trying to do that. And I, and I think he said... Um, my colleague went up to his first kind of press conference, but he said, I'm not going to try and be Gunther, which I think is a good start. If you tried to suddenly start swearing and start kicking doors down and stuff like that, yeah. like people might say, I don't think that's really you. 
Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a huge loss. And I think within the team, a lot of people are worried about just what it means, you know, kind of across the board. Because if you're suddenly, if sponsors are less interested in you, does Gene just turn around one day and say, you know what, I'm going to sell this team because I can't fund it at yeah. the moment. We're not being competitive. And ultimately, his big thing was, we want to be competitive. Steiner said to him, well, if we're going to be competitive, you have to invest more in the team. And Gene has said, no, you've got to be competitive with what you have. And I think the two of them just said, we're clearly not on the same page. Mm-hmm. Let's go our separate ways. So it's hard to see how a rookie team boss coming in is going to have a better impact on the team than Gunther did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so long way of answering that I do agree with what Anna said, that it's <laughs> it's kind of, that is the worry. In terms of what he does next, I'd love to see him do a punditry or do a, do a podcast. I heard some rumors that he might be looking to do that anyway last year. Okay. So now I feel like he's just opened up his, his sure. schedule. Um, but what I do know is that I think he's very reluctant to go back to being a team boss. I think what he had at Haas was so special and so unique. He's not going to get that anywhere. If he goes to most other teams, he's got a board to answer to. And him and yeah. him and Gene always had a very straightforward relationship, which was kind of shown by the fact that when they really disagreed, they just said, all right, let's, this isn't, this isn't going to work. Let's just, yeah. and right. So, yeah, if he does go back to a team, I feel like maybe consultant or mm-hmm. something like that. Something kind advisor. Of, yeah, a bit like Helmut Marko at Red Bull, maybe. Kind <laughs> yeah. Of the side. Maybe hopefully saying less kind of yeah. problematic things. But yeah. good to sign up. I think it would be quite different to that. But <laughs> him as a pundit would be tremendous. Amazing. I've, so got, good. I've got a dream of him, Danica, and Jensen Button just standing together because I feel like that could be some of the most awkward and hilarious TV yeah. that's ever taken place. Um, Truly. You know, maybe, so so yeah, let's let's watch this space. But I I don't know if that's happening. But he could do the grid walk with Martin Brundle oh, or, or when Martin can't, so can't do it. I would yeah, pay that some would good be money really for good. that. But I always laugh. I think it was actually um wasn't it Chris Medland? What what did Gunter say? Oh, fuck the paddock for two points. Oh yeah. <laughs> fuck the paddock yeah. for two points. And poor Chris <laughs> is just like, uh, sorry for anyone listening to that. He was like, sorry for what I said, hug. And I was like, no, you didn't. The, the great thing with that, um, with that story was um Chris came back to the media center after that, like just chuckling to himself, sat yeah. down and was telling us about it. And then we couldn't, he, he he said what he thought and we thought, oh, that sounds funny. He said, but the Netflix cameras were all there and I feel like they've got uh, it. And we listened back to it and we were, I, I thought he said, you know, fuck the paddock for two yeah. points, listening to it. Um, and he was like, yeah, I, I, maybe it'll be in, maybe it'll be in Netflix or maybe his answer will be, but the whole fit, the whole thing to be there, I thought was great. I thought oh, it was, it was amazing. It's so Perfect. funny. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I felt like Gunter had, you know, you, you only see a small amount, right? Like I, you only see what's on for us, like whatever's on TV or when he's in interviews, but he just seemed to have so much heart and, you know, like yeah. he just gave a damn and Gene was always just on the phone somewhere else. And so, um, you know, I hope he stays within the F1 family, but um, it's a big loss. Yeah. And Haas, I, d- I do also I like have a soft spot for Haas. So um, mm. I hope they're not quote unquote ruined forever, but if they are, well, <laughs> well, we heard it here first if they are, <laughs> yeah. right? So, yeah, I guess so. so. But just just quickly on that, um, with with Gunther, I think that his personality sometimes does him a disservice. I think people think, yeah. oh, he's just like a a comedian. It's like Daniel. But if you talk to any, yeah, exactly. If you mm-hmm. talk to people at Haas, they say they are so loyal to him and they love him so much. It's almost, I think, he's always anytime the team has been in the firing line, he's basically taken all the flack, mm-hmm. and then he's deflected the praise when they've done well. So from that point of view, that is something Komatsu's got to do, and it's hard to replicate that because. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it when the pressure is on, sometimes it's really easy to kind of to kind of 
you know shade the blame elsewhere and Steiner never really did that or if he did he was he said you know like when their pit stops were all over the place he said we need to do better but ultimately I'm the guy that needs to make that happen yeah so he would kind of blame the team but say but I've got to change it um mm -hmm. and they'll miss that definitely yeah, yeah for sure um okay let's get to some of the storylines that I'm sure will be taking over all of our, our lives, our lives, <laughs> Twitter feeds, Instagram, everything. Um, the biggest one, at least in our lives, but I really think in general, is what's going to happen with the second Red Bull seat. Obviously, Checo's contract is up at the end of the year. A lot of discussion about who will maybe replace him. Lando's now off the board. But what do you what do you think is going to happen? How do you see this playing out over the course of the season? Yeah, so Lando, I thought was going to be in the mix for that. Yeah, obviously he's taken himself out of that equation. Um, Ricardo, I feel like is everyone's logical step, but I kind of I'm in two minds about it because I think if if and I still hate saying it if VCarb are up at the front this year, um, I feel like they might just say, well, let's keep Ricardo there. You know, we'll keep Visa Cash Visa and Cash App happy that they've got him there mm -hmm. if he's quick, and I think there's a disagreement fundamentally between Christian Horner and Helmut Marco about putting Ricardo back in the seat. I think Horner is quite happy to do that. I think Marco, Marco was, was always more max than Ricardo going mm -hmm, back to when they, were, when they were teammates together. And yeah. that's one of the reasons that um, Ricardo left. It was always a really interesting dynamic. He was more of a kind of Mataschitz guy and Verstappen was, you know, Helmut Marco kind of found him and it was like his pride and joy. That still lingers a little bit, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and, so I don't know. I I just can't see a world where they'll, especially mid-season, where they would kind of just drop Ricardo in. Okay. Uh, but he's definitely in play. But I think that as much as people want to see it, I just think for Red Bull, they're looking at it from a business point of view as well. And Ricardo fits that V-carb situation so well. I think the big name that we're going to be talking about will be Albon, because I think that Red Bull, when you talk to people at Red Bull, it's, it's interesting. I mentioned signs earlier. When you talk to people at Red Bull about science, they say, no, you know, he mm. just didn't do do well enough. You talk to Red Bull about Gasly, they say the same, like, no, no, it was never good enough. You talked about Albon, and you get a sense from every single person you talk to, even Christian, there's almost a sense that there is a, a tinge of regret about how that all mm. went down, and almost a feeling of, yeah, he, you know, he didn't deliver a lot of the time, but he was also really unlucky. And I feel like the team felt very bad about the way they kind of got rid of him and brought Perez in you know, more so, and they've done that to a lot of drivers, but with, with Albon, they really seem to feel it. So I feel like the door there is open for him and he's been so good at Williams. He's so kind good. of put himself back in there. So I actually think Albon's kind of the left field guy for, if he can be left field, I don't know if he's that left field, but he's more left field maybe than, than Danny Rick is. Yeah. The only thing I think about with Alex is he has such a great situation at Williams right now as the lead guy. He's comfortable. Yeah. He's, he's like, everything is going to revolve around Alex and what he wants with the team. And I don't know. I There's a part of me that wonders from his perspective, if he's like, I don't know if I want to go back into this environment where I wasn't the guy, I'm the second guy, the team revolves around Max. And clearly he struggled with his confidence when he was with Red Bull. And I just wonder if it's like a fool me once, shame on you, you fool me twice, shame on me type of thing. Like would he risk then being out of the sport again, if he doesn't deliver, you know, I, I don't know, like, does he value his longevity in the sport and being with a team like Williams, maybe not winning races or as often, but like has more job security in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. A really good point. I know. I think you're spot on. And I actually think Red Bull kind of have this issue with whoever they put in that car. Right. You're going to be Verstappen's teammate and you've right. kind of got to, you've kind of yeah. got to 
walk them through it. And that's why, actually, uh, the more I think about it, the more I, I actually think there's a world where Perez just gets another deal next year for a couple mm. of seasons. Because I think Perez, realistically, isn't. I don't think he's ever going to end up at another top team. I think he's in a position now where he finally got the car where he can win a few races like he was always good enough to do. He knows the team. The, he's really popular within the team. People really like him. Um, and I think they've realized he, you know, he's been so battered by Verstappen. Mm-hmm. I think they've looked at it and said, well, this is like the fourth great drive we've had that has right. just been completely destroyed by this guy. Right. It feels like the issue isn't the other the other driver is always right. the issue is how good Max is. Yeah. So I actually think Perez also could just get an, an extra deal just to save that headache of, you know, we know when he's good, how good he can be. You've just got to manage that up and down. And I think you can still get that up and down with Ricardo. And like you said, um, Albon, you had that with him the first time. So right. in their head, it's like we could just be we could just be making a big change and a big fuss and a big mess and just being in the same situation. Repeating. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think they're in that position where, especially if they're as far ahead as they are this year as last year, it's not going to matter. Max could have won that. I think that he, he could have won the championship almost twice over, couldn't he? The constructors. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it's yeah. just with his points. Yeah. Which, um, yeah. Which means Perez is kind of almost like irrelevant. You know, when you play Monopoly, you've got like, yeah, you've got like that get out of jail free card. It's always yeah. like that. It's in his top pocket all season. Yeah. Um, just quickly on that too. I know obviously Honda is going to Aston Martin, but w- is there any chance? I mean, I feel like he's never brought up in the conversation, but Yuki and Yuki's mm. ability to get that second seat. I don't feel like it's likely, but let's say he beats Daniel Ricardo this year, like has a great showing. Is there any chance of him getting that seat? I, I don't think there is. And that's really surprising for all those reasons. Um, but you can tell that I think it's, it's funny when people at Red Bull get their headset on where a driver's ceiling is, it's very difficult to change that. And with Yuki, I think they've very quickly been like mentally, they just don't think he's cut out to make that step up. But last year he was really good. And I think the fact his teammate changed three times last year meant the story was always about the other, the other driver, but he had a really good season. He did. Um, so I don't know. I feel like he would be, I think he's just such a wild card to put into that top seat. And I think when you already know that Max is going to be quite (laughs) mentally challenging, I think for them, they look at it and Yuki, I love Yuki. Great, great character. But if you're looking at it from a management point of view, you'd probably think, look, let's, let's not do that because that just could be, (laughs) that could be complete chaos. And um, so I think, I actually think Yuki will do better as soon as he gets out of that Red Bull situation. I think yeah. A bit like science, like get out yeah. of there, mm-hmm. and just go and do your own thing somewhere else because he's good enough to be in Formula One for a long time. I just think where he is now at Red Bull is where he stays. He's like reached you know? a ceiling with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, I mean, we've joked. I don't think it'll, I don't know how it's ever going to happen. You know, given the situation, but we said we would love to see Yuki and Fernando be teammates. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that, that would be awesome. But I mean, that could that could be it. At Aston. I know. I mean, obviously, yeah. you'd need Lawrence to kind of drop his son. Lawrence right. will drop his son. Right, but. You know, weirder things have happened in Formula One. That's um, so true. And, yeah. I think Yuki to Aston, you know, with Honda coming in, that yeah. does seem to be in his head kind of where it's just kind of keep yourself performing well. And then when Aston are ready to make that call, they'll they'll make the sw- you know, they'll make that mm-hmm. they'll make that move. Um yep. so I'd be surprised if he didn't end up there at some point. For sure, for sure. Um sh- do we want to talk about if anyone can challenge Red Bull? Honestly, yes, because <laughs> I love Max. I really do. He's my, one of my favorite drivers. I say this all the time. I'm so bored that he like I want him to start from the back of the grid every race because it's more <laughs> interesting. And like 
when you, I feel like obviously I'm still, you know, we're still new here, but when you have your favorite driver, it's almost like the Super Bowl thing. It's like, it's really fun that the Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl for so many years, but I used to hate it when the Patriots were doing it all the time. Right. And it's kind of that, like, I'm really happy for Max that, like, his childhood dream has come true. And I also am really sad that none of these other kids' dreams are coming true. And I just <laughs> yeah. want to, I want to watch him race. I don't want to watch him 30 seconds ahead of everyone for two hours. So, Please tell me that someone's going to be able to challenge him this year because I trust you. <laughs> <laughs> I I would love to to okay. say we're going to have a 2021 season again. I think start of the year, I can't see it happening. I yeah. think we're going to see Red Bull look quite ahead. But I know we heard it a lot last year, but teams feel like they're making such gains with these cars and Red Bull have probably started to top out with the progress they're making. The hope would be that McLaren, Mercedes, Ferrari, they're kind of trajectory catches up to red bull mid to late this year and then we have a mm -hmm. great season next season which is never a, is never the sexiest thing to say like hey keep watching because next year it might be really good you know yeah right um, but i think we've never seen a team that dominant in formula one so to catch them in the space of one winter you know if if, if red bull had kind of <laughs> had been locked out of their factory all winter i might think maybe they could have been mm, sure if they just lost the keys and couldn't get back in yeah um but obviously they're developing a great car as well so it's hard to see it and but you're completely right hannah about the patriots because i have so many friends who when lewis was winning couldn't stand him and now that he hasn't won for two years some of them say to me like lewis man i, I quite like him at the moment you know and i'm <laughs> like yes because he's not winning yeah it's because when you're seeing him he's he's finishing third he's finishing fourth and sometimes he's still pissed off that he hasn't won or he's complimentary about lando and he's not won the race and just talking about how great his car is mm -hmm. and some people now even though we know how good max is it's like, oh, well, if the car wasn't that good, he wouldn't be winning, which is kind of true. But at the same time, Max is just an unbelievable driver. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is it is fascinating. But sadly, I think that that continues, you know, for the time being at the very least. Yeah. Um, Is there a chance that we're going to get an Andretti on the grid? Like, what's the likelihood of that actually happening? Uh, I think low still. I know. I, honestly, I do too. Which is really sad because I think it would be great for Formula One to have them in um, both I think it'd actually be better to have Cadillac in than just Andretti, just mm -hmm. as the brand. Yeah. Um, but obviously, two more seats, you know, a new team boss, just a whole new storyline for a few years. But the teams are so uh, insular in their viewpoint. Mm -hmm. They're so against the idea of a team coming in, just kind of sharing the pie, you know, with them. And and to go back to the house example, you know, Gene House would be turned around, and Gunther said this as well. We came into Formula One in 2016 when times were bad. We weathered the storm, and now we're benefiting. We're reaping the rewards of our investment. If Andretti just come in and start taking these huge profits, a lot of the other teams are like, "Well, where were you when times were tough?" You know. Mm. So, and um, in I think it was in Vegas, we talked. We we asked the team bosses about <laughs> about them, and James Vowles was quite sneaky. He said, "Oh, I'd love to see Cadillac in. I mean, they could come in as a partner of Williams if they wanted to." You know. So it was very much that I think Formula One really does want Cadillac to come in, mm -hmm. but they don't. They're not fussed if it says an 11th team for Andretti. They would rather they came in as a partner to another team. Sure. And ultimately, that's kind of the issue that you've got with Formula 1. It is this kind of, it's a closed shop that has an open sign on the door, but it is actually, right. the door is locked. It's mm -hmm. it's it likes, to, it likes to kind of give the impression that it's a, an open shop to, to other interested parties. And that, again, is why Visa and Cash App, their best investment was not, let's go buy a team, let's go and buy partnership with an existing team 
So I think mm-hmm. you'll see a lot more of that. So hope I'm wrong, but there's also a whole F1 FIA kind of mm-hmm. dynamic at play, and the fact the two the two really can't stand each other that much. It seems at the moment, and the FIA put Andretti forward. I think that that just if that had been handled better by the FIA, I think maybe Andretti would have a better chance. But they're yeah. very much seen as this is just the FIA's kind of baby, mm-hmm. and we don't, you know, F1's kind of reluctant to do it. So. I would be surprised if that happens. I'd love to see it. Andretti said they can be ready for next year, I think, uh, start of 25. Um, wow. So we'll see. I think we'll, 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 I don't know if you guys have noticed, but Michael Andretti has almost completely changed his media strategy because before it was, I'm just going to talk all the time and kind of insult the teams as much mm-hmm. as I can. He's not really said anything at, that newsworthy for a while. Yeah. I think he's done that on purpose to kind of, to almost put the pressure on the F1 team a little bit to kind of make them look like the bad guys, which right. I think they kind of do look like that at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like there's, if they can't get in, then like no one's ever going to get in. Yeah. And I, I, from my perspective too, it's like, it's, I mean, I guess also part of it is like from an American sports perspective too, like we have so many teams and franchises and all different types of sports. And, yeah. and in our minds, it's like, well, more is more like yeah. more is better and um like why not have more drivers more opportunities more chances for like other people to get involved other names to stick around yeah. it does seem so like oh someone has a rough season and they're out and there's nowhere for them to fall because there's no seats available yeah, right. and so it just seems a little bit i mean obviously i don't think they should have 20 teams and 40 cars and all that stuff but it does seem strange it's like this seems like the perfect um package to come into formula one uh and so if they don't succeed then i don't see how anyone would be able to succeed yeah and i think formula one has to be worried as well that when there's obviously this boom period happening now right but let's say this as it seems to be kind of smoothing out at the moment if there might be a time in five six years where one of the teams like alpine i always look at obviously renault runs that team at some point if they keep finishing fifth they might say right we we want to go we're out you know, this is, we're not getting our money. Then Formula One will be in a position where they're like, man, if only we'd taken Andretti a few years ago, because mm-hmm. now we've got nine teams and we've just had a team leave. It's much hard to attract a team in when someone's just left because it's like, well, why are they leaving? Right. What's the, right. You know, it's like, you know, um, like leaving a sinking ship almost. Right. So you kind of feel like F1's missing the chance to to build while this popularity is there. And I think, mm-hmm. I really hope that doesn't come to be. Um. But yeah, and and the other thing with having extra extra places, you know, if 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 teams are talking about you know the first the first woman driving in Formula One for how however long it's been, for getting younger drivers coming in for you know different partnerships and stuff, there's just an extra chance for that all to happen. And I think mm-hmm. like that is where it's really short sighted. Um, Agreed. For Formula One, um, and yeah, it doesn't really it doesn't it just doesn't help anyone feel anything different other than these teams are just in it for themselves, which is kind of what made drive to survive so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just wish that they could put the sport ahead of their own interests occasionally. And it just doesn't seem like that. That is the for case. Sure. For sure. Um, okay. To wrap things up, I feel like this is the biggest storyline that's going to take over the season. And we've sort of had stuff answered in the last handful of weeks, but it's the driver market and silly season and the seats that will be opened up and the movement that, may or may not happen um are there any like moves that you are fairly certain are going to happen or you would if you were a betting man you would bet your money on okay this is going to happen 
I'm only a betting man when it comes to I only bet on the Super Bowl and okay. on how long the how long the anthem will gonna, is going to be and how like the color of the Gatorade and stuff. So I'm not a very good better. Um, I think uh, to, to be honest, Albon to Red Bull. If I was putting okay. anything down, I okay. would just because I feel like the everything's aligning for that to happen. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe more so than Ricardo. I'd love to see Ricardo go back to to Red Bull, but I feel like Albon. It just it just feels like it's his time to go back. Um, I think the 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 thing that will be interesting and that, that will dictate everything is what Fernando does mm-hmm, if he stays mm-hmm, around. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if he leaves, that's a really great seat for somebody. But if it's still a if it's still a really good seat, I think he'll stay around. If they're still competitive, you know, he's got nowhere else to go. Fernando's still as good as he ever was. I feel like right. he can just sign another two year deal and just be done with it. So I actually feel like there could be another year where we don't see anyone leave because last mm. year. I, somebody told me this. It was the first time in about thirty years there was no movement whatsoever. No one moved teams. Everyone stayed exactly where they were. Which, when you think about it, is kind of oh, yeah, remarkable. There's not even there's not even one move. Which, yeah, I hadn't even it hadn't clocked it until I think when Sargent signed his deal. I mean, the Nick DeVries thing kind of throws it. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Caveat. So. Yeah, that's true. Big caveat. Big caveat. <laughs> I think from I think the the stat was from the last race of this year to first race of. Got it. Sorry, Got last it. race of last year, the first race of this year. But Got it. you're right because I said what about DeVries, and then I was yeah. very quickly shut down. Um, <laughs> but that could happen again if yeah. the Perez yeah. situation I mentioned happened because I could also just see that being extended. So I think. If I was making a bet on somebody on on a big move, I would say it will involve that Aston seat with Alonso, or it okay. will involve the Perez seat. I don't really see anything else major happening, just because of where we're at with contracts. Um, but signs could surprise us. He might mm-hmm. just decide one day, hey, I want to I want to go somewhere else. Yeah, um, that is the case. I don't know where, other than going to that Sauber project a bit early. I don't see where he would go. So, um, sorry, I've sat on the fence a couple of times when you guys have asked me questions. No, I feel it's like fine. That was... I change my mind like every day about this stuff. Yeah. So you, you guys I... could ask me tomorrow and I'll be like, yeah, Lewis to Ferrari. Definitely. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> and then the Perfect. next day I'll be like, nah, probably, probably pretty quiet, you know, pretty yeah. quiet right. around. Yeah. So, um, I, um, I wouldn't be shocked if Logan doesn't get re-signed. I feel like this is, yeah. you know, he, he's going to have to like show some serious improvement. Otherwise <laughs> I could see him getting the boot. And also I feel like the Haas situation with with Kevin and with Nico, I I, I don't know. I mean, Haas is obviously playing it very safe, but um, mm. I feel like if they're both sort of underperforming, if the team's under, I I could see there being something happening with with them. But I don't yeah, know. That, that's true. And it's it's kind of I like K Mag a lot, and I think Hulkenberg Hulkenberg actually did really well last year. But yeah, if you're if you're Gene Haas, you're probably like we could probably have a better lineup just from the outs just looking in mm-hmm. right um and yeah logan i was surprised logan stayed on honestly i don't know if Me you too. guys felt the same I was. um so it feels like he's on borrowed time a little bit yeah and he's not helped by the fact that albon's so good because right. i think albon kind of makes him look pretty bad um so but yeah there's a there's a young kid um who's joining f2 called um andrea kimmy antonelli so okay. mercedes junior obviously mm-hmm. has a great name because yeah. got kimmy in it um he is with the Prema team in F2. I think he could be a, an outside bet for that mm. Williams seat. If, if if he wins Formula 2, I think Mercedes will put him in at Williams. That would be yeah. my really long shot prediction. And he's really okay. exciting. He's Italian. He's I think he's 18. Italy hasn't had a world champion since the 50s, which is just insane. That is crazy. Um, so I feel like if he came in, he'd be... And he looks like, you know, these young tennis players that come in, they have like long mm-hmm. hair. Kind of like very good jaw lines. He's kind of like he kind of looks like that. So I feel like in terms of like the full package, in a few years he might well have it. Yeah. Um. 
but I don't know enough about his junior career to make that. I just know everyone who follows the junior pyramid has been talking about this kid for a long time. So I- he might be a really left field bold prediction clip that up and if it does happen i'll look like an absolute genius if it doesn't we can Brilliant. just discard yeah. it yeah and never we'll never about talk it about it again. no i love it right yeah i feel like ferrari might have an aneurysm though if um they get oh, a, an italian wins but it's not with ferrari that would be yeah <laughs> Charles will have an aneurysm poor guy yeah um if anyone besides him wins anything poor guy i'm so worried for him <laughs> truly i mean i know he resigned and that's you know he chose to do that but it's an okay life i, I yeah. think I know he's it's an okay fine. life i just feel sad for him yeah. But I feel like, Hannah, you made a really good point when you said about you feel bad that you see Max winning when all these other kids aren't. And that's yeah. actually, I was thinking about this the other day, that there's almost, we've got this great generation of drivers, probably the most talented the grid's ever been. And yet we could have in 10 years a situation where we look at it and we say, it could be like the most unfulfilled grid mm. if it goes the way it is right now. Yeah. Because, you know, Charles has only got five race wins, which is just mad when you that's see how crazy. many crazy. Lando's not won yet. George has got right. one win. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's kind of all of those I've guys never seen Max DNF before. Uh, since I've come into Formula, I've never seen it happen. Like I don't. Is that crazy? So bizarre. Like that I've, is mad. But it's so weird. I've never seen Lewis win. We only saw his first P one this like l- last season. Pole. Yeah. Right. Right. Or pole. Yeah. So, did you, so you guys started just after twenty two, wasn't it? Start. Of- I I so I watched. I started watching the start of the twenty twenty two season, and Max DNF'd that first race, and then he right, DNF'd right. like the f- couple weeks after. But Hannah started like maybe four races into the twenty twenty two season. Yeah. So yeah, she yeah, missed yeah. all of that stuff. So it's all so. you know. It's all you guys. It's know, all she bad. knows. Yeah. Yeah. Really. yeah. 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 And I only know but Lewis if- was good because of you know history and GTS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's, and that's, that's the funny thing about Drive Survive because I know a lot of fans that came in and they were like, I know Ricardo's good, but I've never seen it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like I know, you know, so there is that, there is that part to it. Whereas I've been an NFL fan for about 10 years. Okay. So when I, when I, when I kind of jumped in, I knew the Patriots were good and then they started winning immediately. So I saw it and I was told about it. Whereas I think with Formula One, it's harder to do that. If Max mm-hmm. is winning everything, it's like, why are the 19 guys still racing against them? What's the point? Like, what, <laughs> yeah. are, they, what are they doing? What's the end goal? So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah I tried to explain it to my dad a few times. He's like, I just don't understand why anyone wants to be in this sport if he's the only one that wins all of the time. Like, no one else has a chance. I'm like, well, they do kind of. And he's like, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't know why you like, what? Yeah. It's like, well, dad, he might in a few years, okay? Like, yeah. yeah. So, so just be patient and then... Yeah. We'll yeah. have a great season again. Yeah, it's yeah. like being a, a Buffalo Bills fan. Mm. Sorry yeah. if that triggers anyone well, out there, but <laughs> <laughs> well, growing up, I was a, a, a big. My nonna's Italian, so I grew up as a Ferrari fan, and it was the same with Schumacher. I try and tell friends mm. like, "Hey, I watch Formula One." They're like, "Well, that Schumacher guy just wins all the time." I'm like, "Yeah, exactly." It's it's awesome. yeah. Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, why, why, why wouldn't you watch it?" But then, totally understood from their point of view why they wouldn't want to do it. Um, yeah, and, yeah. But everyone does go through these weird cycles where that happens, where it's like one guy. Yeah, and everyone else is just like I'm. I'm better than him. Mm-hmm. I could do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if it's true with Max, but yeah, we're Chiefs fans. Like we, we feel the same way. It's like it's just it's cool for us over yeah. here. Things are great. The Taylor Swift it. supports our team. Yeah, That's yeah, very exciting. yeah right, right. Win all the time, and it's fun. That, and, for you guys, this year that must have just been like this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Oh, it's ever. insane. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I feel like no matter what, I mean, obviously, regardless of what happens, people, when they hear this, they will know whether or not the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. True. But um, I, I feel like regardless of what happened this season, it's like this was the season of Taylor Swift. And yeah. that was our gift. Yeah. You know, that that was the that was what yeah. we were it was our Super Bowl and we yes. won it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I keep forgetting that this time last year, 
everyone was talking about Fernando potentially, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. was the most random. And I've I've asked a few people in the panic, and I think that was just completely made up. It was completely. Yeah, I, think I, anyone... think he, I think he made it up. <laughs> yeah, I, I reckon. I reckon. I reckon a lot of people have said, "Yeah, I'm dating Taylor Swift <laughs> yeah. in the past," but people just believed him when he said it, and then yeah. it just got out. I know. Uh, well, well, now because Travis Kelsey is an investor in Alpine, we do hope that there is a Taylor Swift Fernando meet up at yes. some point and and I, everything can come full circle i did hear a rumor that aston invited taylor to a race last year but because of the whole thing mm-hmm. i think the feeling was we don't want to kind of give this weird rumor that you made up any any validation right yeah. i think it may have clashed with some of because obviously she had that big tour this year yeah but there's been a few times when people have said taylor swift might come to the paddock and i think when she does It'll be crazy. Might not even happen because <laughs> yeah. the whole place well, is be is she gonna, I don't know if she's going to be on tour during Miami, but I feel like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey have been to Miami before and are now Alpine investors. So I wouldn't be surprised if they show up yeah. at the Miami race. And if Taylor isn't touring, I hope she graces us with her presence as well. And we will be in Miami. And so that was my next question. So. Yeah, where that's um, we have a wonderful friend who's getting married um, the weekend of Coda. So we won't be there this year. Oh, um, no. Yeah. Weddings, weddings, weddings always fall on F1 weekends. I've found that as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you obviously always pick the wedding, but you're always like, I hope yeah. it's not a good one. I miss yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she felt bad when she, when she, she like perfectly knows about Formula One and obviously knows that we love it. And, she, when she found out, she was like, "Oh my god, you should have told me. I would have changed." I was like, "No, no, I'm not going to tell change, you to yeah. <laughs> change your wedding date for me." But I mean, that would be nice. No, no, we're we're very happy. Oh, that um, would have been that would have been pretty that would have been pretty awesome. Although when you turned up and everyone was like, "This date was really awkward and uncomfortable," you'll be like, "Yeah, that's so <laughs> I could go to an F1 race." <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a long time coming. We are Absolutely. so appreciate you um, as our e news. Yeah, I really can't thank you enough. I mean, honestly, anytime I have a question, like I'm like, I'm not really sure. I, I literally say, has Nate tweeted about it yet? And she's like, yeah. no. I'm like, well, until I hear from, honestly, you or Chris, I, it's nonsense. Yeah, well, and and Chris tweets so much. I mean, I see him a lot of the time in the media yeah. center. And I joke to him that sometimes he tweets before things happen. Like mm. during a race, I'm almost mm-hmm. like I'm like watching his Twitter feed as much as the race because I feel right. like it's it's He's, as good. So yeah. I need to kind of up my game a bit to be with Chris. <laughs> but no, I, I but I appreciate that. It's always nice to hear. So yes. um, where can people love to come no, on? Thank you. Where can people find you? I know you have a podcast, so please plug plug all your things so people can get the the facts straight Absolutely. from the horse's mouth. So um, articles on ESPN.com forward slash Formula One. And I'm on two pods because I just, you know, I can't get enough of one. I like hearing my own voice, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is ESPN Unlapped, which is with Katie George and my colleague Lawrence, Lawrence Evanson. And then the Pad Hoc, which is the show that you guys just missed by uh, half an hour in, uh, in Austin, uh, which is with Lawrence Barreto for Formula One and with Chris Medland as well. So that's a bit more, I mean, it always starts with me telling a very bad joke, etc. So it's a bit kind of more lighthearted, but um, either of those two are great. Um, and yeah, I mean, loads of things to talk about this year. So I'm sure, you know, it's funny actually doing two because sometimes you record one and then you go and record the other one. And you're like, I feel like I'm saying yep. exactly the same. Again. Mm-hmm. I, that, I got myself into that situation. So yeah, that's so funny. Um, okay. I don't, you probably don't know this, but we end our show every week by saying enchante. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. 
Nice. As, as the goodbye. Yeah. Um, we still haven't heard anything from Daniel or the Ashante brand no. about this closing remark, but hopefully enough time will yeah. pass. We'll, we'll get Probably it. Probably yeah, because yeah. We, we haven't clipped it for social media. It's sure. only ever on the end of the podcast, which they're not listening to. Sure. Um, so we'll, we'll yeah. work on that. Once you get that, once you get that on TikTok, get the ball rolling, send it to them. I'll I do think a you. whole compilation. Do you guys have Ashante merch? Because it is pretty, oh, it's pretty damn good. It's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. We have lots. That's yeah. why, I mean, yeah, we're basically yeah, like... I basically just, you know, give him all my money every right. time. I swipe my visa every time Ashante I was going to say, I hope you use Cash App now to do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. We filmed an ad for him. Yeah. Um, but would you would you do us the honors Absolutely. of closing out you, the show with an Ashante? You just want to say it? It's just How, a straight... However, I mean, we do Ashante. We do it kind of up, but oh, you can do it however you want to do it. I feel like it's got to be said with a slight French accent. So sure. let's say when you're ready. Enchanté. Oh, well, that was the best one I've had yet. Bar <laughs> sounds so American. I mean, I don't know how so good that was. I feel like that girl. wasn't very French. Or, that was or very great. Good, I great. Thank, Thank you, you so much, job. Nate. Great. Thanks very much, guys. <laughs>